What is Shaking Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass that's going to make you sit up and say, hmm. It is called Up the Hill, F the Hill. And who's going to be dropping these value bombs is a guy that's used to dropping value bombs. It is Rich Cardona. He is a retired Marine Corps aviator. See what I did there? He got his MBA and worked for Amazon, but abruptly quit at 37 years old without a plan. He now interviews C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, and veterans, and he feels alive. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well, the danger of settling, why you need a Honda, not a Benz, and how to collect the dots and connect the dots through networking, Fire Nation. All this and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Visit capterra.com slash fire for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. Capterra.com slash fire. Capterra, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. Capterra, software selection simplified. Rich, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Fire Nation, what is going on? This is Rich. I hope you guys are having a great day, great month, great week, all that good stuff. What a lot of people don't know about me is that I am like deathly afraid of raccoons, like to the point where I don't take trash out at night because I'm scared of (laughs) (laughs) It's not a joke, man. Like, it's crazy. I'm like so scared. It's like unbelievable. You need to read the book, Where the Red Fern Grows. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have. Read that book just because it'll help you overcome your fear of raccoons (laughs) in in, in a very healthy way. (laughs) All right. As long as it doesn't involve like the end, I hope it doesn't involve me like petting one. And now I have a couple that live in It's just a book, Rich. It's just a book. (laughs) And Fire Nation, you might be comforted to know that people like Rich are those who help protect the lovely United States of America. Because as I mentioned in the intro, he is a retired Marine core aviator. So Rich, thank you for your service, brother. And for today's value bombs you'll be dropping up the hill, F the hill. So let's start off, man, by just talking about the danger of settling. Why should Fire Nation be as terrified about settling as you are about raccoons? Yeah, Yeah. it is that bad. Uh, So no joke. So Settling. Uh, I really, really believe Fire Nation and everyone out there listening that we kind of meander through life thinking that there's a presupposed path that we're supposed to go through, whether it is, uh, you know, school or working your way up the corporate ladder that you actually don't want to climb. There's just so many different ways that we approach things that are a lot of times the wrong way. And everything I say in this class, by the way, is just going to come from experience. I mean, I'm 38 years old and I completely uprooted my life to do my own thing. And I am on fire because of it. But um, here's what I mean. So I had a sales job. I had an operations job at a very, very well-known company. I'm sure there's things at your door right now waiting for you from that company. Um, But here's the thing. Like, I just did what I thought I had to do. I I did what I thought I needed to do in order to derive a really amazing amount of income so my family was taken care of and I was this awesome dad, awesome father, uh, I mean, husband, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I was just miserable. And, And I looked at all this time and I rewound, you know, my entire life and I'm like, how many things have I done because I thought that's what I had to do? And... Look, 
my character suffered tremendously. You know, at my core, I'm a helpful guy, a jovial guy, hardworking and all that good stuff. But you just start becoming ambivalent, you know, just kind of uh, indifferent, upset, and, and just not yourself. And and the longer you do keep doing things that you feel like you need to do and not necessarily what you want to do, I think like pieces of you get chipped away and now all of a sudden you're trying to glue it back together and you feel like, wow, I'm 50. The hell am I going to do now? <laughs> so, so I wanted to avoid that. So that's why, um, that's why I wanted to talk about it. Fire Nation, this is such a real topic. I mean, myself and Rich were the same age right now and you know, we both could have settled. We both you know, were officers in the military. We both got out good resumes. We could have gone forward and got some mid-level management jobs and, and just gone forward for the next 30, 40 years of our life and died a slow death of our souls. Because yeah. we put this providing for your family above everything else. And the thing is, Fire Nation, guess what? You need to provide for your family. Absolutely. Because guess what? Yes. If you do have kids, they need to eat. They need basic shelter. But it's all the other BS, Rich, that we focus on, like the private schools and the kids having all these expensive toys. How many times have you seen kids playing in cardboard boxes and they were never, ever happier in their life? Period. Oh, wow. End of story. Kids don't need much to be happy. They don't know any better. I can go walking outside of my town here in Puerto Rico to one of the poorest parts in Puerto Rico. And what do I hear? Kids laughing and playing yep. and running and full of joy. And guess what? They're going to go home tonight and they're going to get some great food and they're going to sleep. They're going to wake up and they're going to do it all again. So why are we putting this providing for our family at the highest pinnacle when, like you said, Rich, you are becoming a worse person. You are unhappy. You are not oh, being yeah. a good father. I'm not going to put words yeah. in your mouth, but I mean, yeah. you weren't no, being as good of a father as you would have been if you were happy doing something that you did, if you were full of joy like your kids are. So talk more about that. I mean, why do you feel like we put these shackles on ourselves when we just don't need to? We don't know better and we are used to having access to the things that we want when we want. Um, and the more dollar signs there are in your paycheck or your bank account, the more stupid stuff that we buy. You hit the nail on the head, man. Like I cannot tell you how many times my we go food shopping. And of course, I hate going food shopping because inevitably there happens to be this random toy aisle that my daughter thinks is super cool. <laughs> and that toy is $7.99. And we get home and that thing's in the trash two days later. Um, the best thing we do is go to the park and we swing and we do all this other stuff. And the thing, same thing with adults, man. Like, come on. Like, how many, you know, how many cool gadgets do I need being in video and, and, you know, videography and all this other stuff? Like, of course, there's some good stuff out there and I'm going to get into it later, but bright, shiny objects, man. Like the thing is we like to look a certain part. We like to play a certain part and we feel that these things in a way define where we are, you know, in accordance with people like like there's these categories of successful or non-successful and let me tell you man i had an enormous house in texas and i moved in with my in-laws into their basement um and i never felt better because i realized i didn't need five bedrooms four bathrooms and it was just ridiculous less is more man like I've never, ever been more convinced that less is more than right now. I love how Gary Vaynerchuk puts it. He says, so many people are out there buying houses that have yeah. rooms and wings that they'll <laughs> never use to impress yeah. people 
they don't even like. And that's yep. what it really comes down to. Like, who yep. are you trying to impress? And there's actually something I was reading, Atomic Habits, the other day by James Clear. He was talking about the, the Diderot effect. And the Diderot effect, Fire Nation, is actually a guy named Diderot, believe it or not. That was his last name. And he's a creator of the encyclopedia. But he was just living a very uh, middle-class life back in the day. But then... But he was happy, a middle-class life, life was good, whatever. He had the encyclopedia, he was making his money, lived in a good community, blah, blah, blah. Then like the queen of Hungary or something, some, <laughs> somewhere it was just like, this guy, he deserves more money. And she literally gave him like a thousand pounds, which back in um, those days was worth like $150,000 now. And he went and he just kept buying, he bought like a jacket for himself. And then of course that jacket, he needed boots. And then with those boots, he needed, you know, a better shirt. And it just went out, well, now I need a better house because, you know, and then it got to the point where that $150,000 was gone. And now he was in financially such a worse situation than he was in before, all because he started going down that materialistic path, which can be so unrewarding when you get to the end of it. It's a sad thing. And there's so many people that are walking down the street right now in New York City, Rich, and they look at these homeless people sitting there who are begging for money, and they they need to be saying to themselves, that person's actually financially more stable than I am because I'm $200,000 in debt with college loans and mortgages and my kids in private school. That person, that person has 74 cents in their pocket. They're, they're in the plus, they're in the plus side of things. I've literally never thought of it like that. And that, that, that's crazy. (laughs) It's probably true because I mean, they're trying to get their next meal, which they have a higher chance of doing than me eliminating my debt tonight. It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's crazy to think about this stuff, but you're really testing my resolve, Rich, with this next analogy that you have here because yeah. right now I'm on a 75-day challenge where I'm just eating healthy. I'm eating three meals a day, so plenty of food, but just healthy foods. And you like to say that there's lots of ice cream flavors. And that's actually my weakness. I love Ben and Jerry's <laughs> to the next level. Cherry Garcia, baby. Oh, man. I'm a half-baked kind of guy. I just <laughs> okay. love the half-baked. Um, you say we need to be tasting lots of flavors to determine what we want. Break that down for us. Yeah, man. So like, imagine you go into Baskin Robbins or you know wherever you are and you, know, you see all these flavors. You know what chocolate tastes like. You know what vanilla tastes like. And you know if you get a combination of both of them, then you know what those taste oh, like. But I'm but- still getting samples of all of them, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that that's exactly the point. So you're interested in birthday cake. You're interested in that coffee, espresso, whatever. You're interested in mint chocolate chip. But, you know, a lot of times we kind of stick to what we know. And and the whole P part of this analogy is that I don't like playing it safe. Um, I, I played it safe. Don't get me wrong. I played it safe. But now I am I literally, it's like I'm like, you know, someone snapped their fingers and, uh, you know, I woke up. Um, but here, here's, here's what I mean by taste all the flavors. You live once, uh, you live once, uh, you need to make the most of it. And, and, you know, like you mentioned Gary and, and I, it's so funny. I, when I saw him and I met him, I told him I moved in with my grandparent or my in-laws and he's like, good. And yeah, I was like, seriously? I mean, it was so funny, but, uh, and, uh, but you know, you have to, there's an hourglass and I hate talking about it, man. Like I'm afraid. I don't even say the D word, you know, but like this thing comes to an end at some point and you don't want to be reflecting on thinking of these different flavors that you could have tasted um, all because you look left and right before you do it. And obviously what I'm talking about is what the hell you do for a living. All right. So let's really think about this. If I am in operations and I'm good at it, fine. And I can make money. Cool. 
you know how many good things I could do, Fire Nation? Like how many things I could be? I could do that. I could do that. There's YouTube channels that my daughter watches that drive me absolutely insane <laughs> with Play-Doh. And I'm like, I could do that you tomorrow. Do that. Like it's crazy. But what do you want to do? And what is stopping you from doing it? And it's always after all the CEOs I interviewed, uh, which is what I do for a living, uh, you know, everyone always comes back to fear, especially successful entrepreneurs. What separates you, Fire Nation, from everyone else is going to be that 99% of the people aren't going to actually do, you know, they're not going to do it. They're not going to have the resolve. They're not going to have the stamina. And most importantly, they are scared of what people are going to think. My father said to me when I started this, he goes, Rich, that's a hobby. What about your degree? What'd you get your degree for? You worked for Amazon. Like, what's going on? Didn't you show him my income reports, Rich? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. So, So taste the flavors. I mean, see what is out there. If you are literally interested in making a dog Disneyland, then figure it out. You know, if you are interested in being a tattoo artist, even though you are a finance guy, then freaking do it. Because I really believe that what we do in life involves what we're going to do on a day-to-day basis has to involve a level of play, which is something that you would do anyway to just enjoy life. Now, there's a difference, obviously, if I'm just going to sit on my ass and like play video games all day and I have no intentions of being a professional gamer. If I'm just killing time, that's one thing. But you won't know what you actually like until you decide to take action and taste more flavors and rule things out and then narrow down the things that you like and then be like, this is it. And and that's how I got to where I am. Fire Nation, I tasted a lot of flavors over the first 32 years of my life. I was an army officer for eight years. I went to law school, dropped out. I went to corporate finance. I quit. I was in real estate. I was tasting all of these flavors. And in fact, I'm giving the closing keynote this week in San Juan, Puerto Rico here. Uh, for the Young Entrepreneurs Conference. In my keynote talk, because I'm not a young entrepreneur, those are people that are <laughs> under 30, that's how they title it, not me, <laughs> uh-huh. is five things John Lee Dumas wish he knew at 25. And I'm going to tell you, one of those things, Rich, is patience. Patience to actually try something, experience it, and say, you know what? Not for me. Try something else, experience it. Nope, not for me. So many people have that sunk cost fallacy. Oh, I went to one semester of law school. I now need to spend the next 40 years of my life being a lawyer. Not true. Lucky for me, I made the decision that that $20,000 was much better gone and dead to me than it was sinking in another $100,000 over the next three years for a career I knew wasn't going to make me happy ever. And if you ever, ever hear Fire Nation or read the book, Uh, the biggest regrets of the dying every single time across the borders. I wish I had the courage to live the life I wanted to live, not the life that others wanted me to live or influenced me to live because, man, I had this one trip in life. I had this one ride that's called life, and I screwed it up. Now, Rich, you do not need a Mercedes-Benz brother. In fact, you need a Honda. Break down why being fancy can actually set Fire Nation back, not propel you forward. It's simple. Right now, I have a (laughs) Nissan Murano. It's been paid off for a few years, and I'm thrilled about it. It's fast, and it's great. And you know what? Like, the seats are so comfortable. There's like a rich imprint in the seats. And it's great because I do a lot of driving. Um, So here's the thing. 
you can go to a dealership and you could find that Jag or that Benz or whatever it is. And it's got all the bells and all the whistles and, and, oh, wow, it's so safe. It's been crash tested and all this like, <laughs> okay, great, cool. Thank you so much. Um, I'm getting the Benz because it's kind of what we talked about. It's, it's sort of like elevating my status. Uh, but the thing is, when I get in my Murano or Honda, which was my first car, like, I just feel something. You know, like I, I, I just felt comfortable. I didn't look around and see, is there a touchscreen? I didn't care that it was stick shift. I didn't care about any of these things. I, I felt something. Now, when getting a Benz, of course, I have nothing, uh, nothing against anyone who drives a Benz, a Jag, a BMW or anything like that. But if you, Fire Nation, are a young entrepreneur, that to me is what I like to call over-celebrating. And, and this is, this is, if you watch football, this is the one thing that annoys me to death. If you're watching a football game and let's say it's 21 to three and you're on the team with three points. No, let's say make it way bad. 28 to three. And uh, Ooh, that brings it back to the Patriots <laughs> Falcons game. So there's still oh, a chance. There's still a chance. Yes, there's definitely still a chance, but let's say, yeah, damn, you just crushed me. But anyway, let's, no, no, no. Let's just say. There you are. And that team that's losing, um, you know, there's inevitably a guy who makes a really good tackle and then he celebrates. And I'm like, dude, just stop. Just do that. <laughs> ten, just do it 10 more times and make sure everyone else around you is putting that amount of effort forward as well. Because when you over celebrate, you go internal. Right. So like your mindset, your mindset starts to shift. You start to get a couple more nice things. Uh, you start to just kind of feel like the surge in success and status and whatever it is when in reality you don't need to celebrate like entrepreneurship dude and i'm eight months into this thing but i i feel like i'm light years ahead and it's a 50-year plan like you need to be ready to fail a million times and just get back up every single time you need to understand that your venture no matter how great of an idea you think it is um you know might not work out which is why i'm still driving a 10-year-old or 11-year-old nissan murano i'm completely happy with it so don't over celebrate play the long game and don't get fancy too quick because we've seen plenty plenty of people overestimate their status, their success, and it fizzled out. And the people, you know, that's why they say the slow and steady wins the race, turtle versus the hare. So I'm in no rush, kind of like what you talked about, John, about um, patience. Like, just just be patient. You don't need to get fancy quick. It could freak your stuff up. <laughs> your 28 to 3 analogy, it still completely works. Because I can promise you this. When the Patriots were down 28 to 3 and they sacked the quarterback, nobody on that team celebrated. They went back to work focused to do it again and again and again. And that's the only reason they created the biggest ever comeback that will literally never be matched in the future for Super Bowl games ever, ever, ever. And that's why, because they didn't celebrate that meaningless tiny, tiny little part of what was a huge compilation of what their life was. And that's why I love to recommend the books, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson and The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, reading those back to back in that order I just shared, because they show you the power of just doing the small things right every single day, not getting too high or too low with anything and putting in the work. And, you know, going to your car analogy, I mean, Fire Nation, I have an eight-figure net worth. I don't even have a car. I'm not a car guy. That's one thing. So cars don't make me happy. Um, 
but I don't even have a car. I mean, Kate has a Hyundai Santa Fe and that's what she uses when she drives to the grocery mart or wherever she goes and back. I literally parked next to that. I have a $2,700 used golf cart that I just used to tool around our, our neighborhood here. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I'm not like stupid frugal on everything. I mean, I have this beautiful $2 million dream house on the Caribbean here in Puerto Rico, but I'm not just going to go and just like have the Ditto effect of like, okay, now I have this home. I need to have five Mercedes Benzes and three Lamborghinis and a helicopter pad and then a boat down on the marina and this yep. and that. No, you don't do that, Fire Nation, because that's not adding to your happiness. That's just adding to your mental bandwidth, period, end of story. So, Rich, let's not waste any time. Let's put some cheese <laughs> on this crap sandwich, man, because <laughs> yeah. life, it's full of unpleasant outcomes. How do we flip that script, yo? All right. So I once had an executive officer who told me, um, you know, I, I forget what was going on, uh, but he, he was just so blunt and he goes, Rich, he goes, you know, life is a crap sandwich, you know, like you just got to take some more bites out of that thing and put some cheese on it. I'm like, hell yes, <laughs> put some cheese on it. I'm like, perfect. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, Fire Nation, I uh, interview entrepreneurs. I interview C-suite executives and I don't talk to them about their business or anything like that. I talk to them about them. And I think it's fascinating to learn from other people, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, in November, uh, I think I had completed something like 20 interviews. And as I was downloading something, I don't know what, I came back the next day, I was putting all this stuff on Dropbox and my hard drive, my external crashed. Um, The thing with this is I lost all those interviews. So, So that stung. But more importantly, I lost my trip to Costa Rica, all the video footage and photos from that. I lost the birth of my daughter. Um, I lost all the baby pictures. I lost family photos. I lost military pictures from combat. I lost everything. And I said, F it, put some cheese on this crap sandwich and I'm going to flip the script. And I got on a train and I went to New York and I interviewed eight people in 48 hours. I'm like, the only way that this is salvageable is if I continue to create more content, period. And you know what? Years ago, that would have made me quit. Um, And it's just different now. Like life is just a crap sandwich, period. There's highs and lows. But for the most part, a lot of us just complain about what's not working or how unfortunate we are that we're a victim of this circumstance. And Mark Manson is like my favorite author. And, you know, he kind of just talks about having massive accountability for everything that happens. Like everything that happens is your fault. If you look at it like that, then you're probably set up for success. Like the aspiration for positive outcomes can you can lead to a negative experience and accepting negative experiences can lead to a positive outcome. So that's something that I look at and I apply to everything. I cannot tell you how many high profile interviews I've had that I've canceled. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't let it bother me. I'm just like, it's just where I'm just going to reschedule it. And if they're not interested anymore or they can't, and it's going to be a few months, then so be it. Like, what does that mean? I need to stop and, and, you know, just, you know, stop right there in my tracks. Like, absolutely not. I put cheese on 
every crab sandwich I eat, and it's very tasty, John. <laughs> Rich, why are you doing this to me, man? I can't eat ice cream for the next 74 yeah. days. I can't eat cheese <laughs> for the next... These analogies that you're giving me right here, I know. cheese, ice cream, dairy, this whole thing. But anyways, Fire Nation, I hope you truly understand the value in what he's saying, because we're all going to get served a crap sandwich at some point during every single week that we're an entrepreneur put some metaphorical cheese on that, yo. And if you think Rich is done dropping his value bombs, wait till we get back from thanking our sponsor. It's common to use online reviews to help us make choices in our everyday lives. Whether it's looking for the best brunch spot or finding the closest place to get a good haircut, it's a familiar concept. So why should finding the right software for your business be any different? It doesn't have to be. You can read thousands of real software reviews to help you find the right software for your business right now at capterra.com slash fire. With over 750,000 reviews of products from real software users, you'll get great insights from users who've been there, done that, whether you're looking for accounting software, web conferencing tools, or anything in between. I know from personal experience that hearing from other business owners who are currently using a specific platform is key to deciding what's best for me and my business. Join the millions of people who use Capterra each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit capterra.com slash fire for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. Capterra. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. Capterra. Software selection simplified. So Rich, we're back and I want to collect the dots. I want to connect the dots. I want you to break down a fire nation. Why is networking the most talked about strategy that nobody actually wants to do? All right. So networking, like... It is absolutely by far the most important thing that I do on a day-to-day basis. And I don't like to network. I hate networking, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, through a couple of my interviews, uh, one of them is Dory Clark. Where she's like, look at, you know, we need to look at uh, networking as relationship building. Uh, Beth Comstock is like, we need to look at networking like just learning about other people. There's this like weird dynamic when it comes to networking, especially networking events, which are just absolute torture for me, that I need to go talk to someone and I need to ask for something or, hey, you know, if I'm in the military and I'm getting out, uh, I cannot tell you how many resumes I get. Like, hey, Rich, can you look at my resume? Can you send this to someone? Like, no, 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 no. Like, this is not how it works. How it works is collecting the dots and connecting the dots, meaning meet people, meet people, find out what makes them tick, talk to them a little bit about yourself, have no expectations and move on and then just keep in touch with them. Prime example, I have a, a, there's a entrepreneur army guy. He has a live streaming platform and he's dominating the wedding industry. But we had a good conversation. He told me he's been following some of my stuff and we talked. Uh, Next thing I know, I'm talking to a a West Point guy at a very prominent company who's in a position to make some big changes and he wanted my help. Uh, So they're having a few events coming up and I, and you know, he, he wanted to enlist my help. The first thing I thought was that was probably a really, that of this event is probably something very good to live stream. So there I go thinking about my buddy who I just met and hit it off with who's in weddings wants to kind of, you know, move over to corporate a little bit and nonprofits and everything else, expand the pie for him and his company. And I did it. And now they're working together. And the reason is I didn't give a shit 
about what I needed to do for me. I, I cared about collecting dots and connecting dots. And you know what? There's this really, really true and realistic karmic circle that I believe in. And I don't do this. It, it's really weird. When you do this with the intent to help other people, you kind of hope it comes back to you, but you can't rely on it to come back to you. So you have to, even that is an expectation. If you're like, well, so-and-so, I hooked them up with this. So they should hook me up with this. No, 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 no. Like you can't even do that. All right. So collect the dots, connect the dots. And I think people will understand that you are a truly altruistic, helpful human being. And in the entrepreneur race, we are all just trying to help each other out and we're all just trying to make it. People helping people is the only way to go. So when you think about networking, don't think about who can get me this job, who can get me this money. Think of who you can help. And I promise you, I promise you, things are going to start happening and it's going to blow your mind. Blow your mind, Fire Nation. And Niche, uh, Rich, you just admitted that you don't love networking events. So I'm going to give you a little live coaching right now. Are you ready for it? Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend we're at a networking event right now, okay? You in the zone? Yeah, yeah I'm in the zone. <laughs> hey, Rich, I'm John. What do you do? Yeah, um, I'm going to go blow my brains out. Thanks, John. Like, God, I can't take that. I can't take that. Dude, I, I can't say that and I don't like it. I, I always say this. Uh, sorry, go ahead and coach me. Uh, sorry. John, nice to meet you. I do. I interview C-suite executives and I try to humanize them and share their knowledge across the masses. Okay, that's not the best. It's not the worst. Now, now ask me what I do. John, what do you do for a living? I help successful entrepreneurs share their genius with the world. The key thing to your first response when people ask you what, they, what you do, which is always going to happen, is you have to always have them wanting more and being curious. Like I didn't tell them anything about interviewing or podcasting or what. I didn't give any of that away. I just said, I help successful entrepreneurs share their genius with the world. It could be a million different things. I have opened up this absolutely massive loop that every human being is going to want to close by saying, oh my goodness, what are you talking about? Tell me more. And that yeah. is the phrase that you need. And I'm going to tell you, using the word C-suite is, is not part of that phrase. So just yeah. something to think about. And next time you go to a networking event, have a phrase like that. You can, by the way, use that exact one because it's, it's true for you as well. And just see the difference in the conversations that you have in Fire Nation. I want you to be thinking about what your response is as well, because that is key. It has to be very short, very yeah. concise, and it cannot open and close a loop. It just opens a loop of curiosity. So yeah. let's move on, Rich. Authenticity yeah. and consistency. It's not one or the other. It is both. Expound upon that. It is both. If I said... Uh, John, I live in Virginia, Fire Nation. If I said, hey, I live in uh, just outside of DC and I'm going to York, you'd look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? If I said, I'm going to New, you'd say, what are you talking about? If I say, I'm going to New York to talk to some people, then it makes complete sense. Authenticity and consistency are not mutually exclusive. So consistency, everyone knows. Like, I'll, I'll hit on this first because it's going to take two seconds. If you want to win, you have to be consistent. Okay, like... This guy with this podcast went 
berserk and he was insanely consistent and now like he said he's in the caribbean living in a dream house and he has a golf cart with spinners on it and no spinners it has wheels that are about to fall off all right i I was just imagining for my own pleasure but uh so so yeah so consistency is key i mean come on like you know uh, there's no silver bullet you can't just say i am going to start doing social media and promote my brand and have one post a week and just be like that's enough like if you really want to win it's consistency and just doing you know massive amounts of the same things and understanding that in the long game uh, you will win and you will gain attention but authenticity is is the bigger piece of that puzzle and authenticity is is really this like there are certain tips tricks and techniques okay like I just got some coaching, very valuable coaching, and you are right on the money, okay? But if I frame it um, in a way that's not consistent with who I am, I could still obviously say it, uh, but if I frame it in a way that's inconsistent with who I am, then that just leaves people kind of wondering, right? So now, instead of leaving them the breadcrumbs, you know, so funny with all these food analogies. I, I'm, I'm really never going to forget this. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, you know, so I'm leaving them breadcrumbs and wanting more. Like once I kind of switch my game up a little bit and maybe I'm like super sales mode or I'm not authentic or my interviews are inconsistent, uh, the way I interview some of these, you know, you know, high level leaders, whatever it is you know, it kind of leaves people wondering and you don't want people to be, you know, take a guess as to which person slash entrepreneur you are. So my approach to this entire thing is just being exactly like this. I went to an event that I knew would be better to wear a suit at, but I didn't care. I'm like, well, I remember when I did my crappy sales job and I hated wearing dress socks. I sweated through my shirts faster than I could imagine. And I didn't look as cool as I thought. And it was ridiculous. So I'm just going to go and I'm going to wear a sweater, uh, some jeans and sneakers, you know, and then part of that is just authenticity means being true to yourself, obviously. Do what you want, how you want it, uh, obviously in a professional manner, depending on the environment, but consistency and your authenticity, which is really, you know, you cannot switch up what your message is about or what your passion is about. Uh, I like to talk to leaders to kind of siphon their knowledge, how they solve problems in their life, uh, not the business necessarily. And I think those are very valuable lessons for people out there. Now, if on my next interview, I go and I talk to you about your balance sheet and all this other stuff, um, you know, I I think that's less interesting. So I'm not going to switch it up. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to ask them real questions. I may swear and have it bleeped out like on a podcast like this. (laughs) And that's fine but I have to stay authentic, man. Like you cannot give people the notion that there are multiple versions of you. Chris Rock says it the best. He goes, why is it that when we meet women, we're always meeting their representative? You know, like she's done up her perfumes on point, this and that, blah, blah, blah. She's not eating much at dinner. And then next thing you know, it's a year later and you're like, what the hell just happened? That, that's, your rep- <laughs> that's, that's your representative. Just be you, be you. That's it. Love that, Rich. And we talked briefly about the slight edge and the compound effect and about how really small wins every single day, how small victories can literally over time light you on fire. So talk to us about your thoughts on this. 
So I'm not an eighth place trophy guy. Uh, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And, you know, I sometimes, sometimes when my wife thinks my daughter did something really cool, I'm like, nah, you know, like a lot of kids could do that. I think that's kind of a military thing in a way. Cause like if you get eighth place in a war, um, yeah, let's start talking about your gravestone right now. Yeah, totally. So, so here's the thing. Uh, prime ex- I have a perfect example. I wrote uh, Rachel Brosnahan from uh, Fabulous Mrs. Maisel. I wrote uh, her creative agency, and I wrote them uh, an email about you know I give I always give five W's you know about me and what I like to do and how I would like to involve her in the process, and they were like, "This is great, thank you so much," and they're like, "Let me put you in touch with her publicist," and I'm like. Boom. I'm like doing cartwheels, not in real life, uh, but in my head. And I'm doing, you know, cartwheels. And then I get uh, I get in touch with her publicist. And she's like, unfortunately, we just started filming for season three. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'll talk to you in a few months. That's a victory, man. Like, period. Like, nothing happened. Nothing may happen. But I got a response, which means that my proof of concept of reaching out to people and not giving an F, it, it, it makes me happy. It makes me happy because I'm not scared. It makes me happy because I gave it a shot. And it makes me happy because there's the potential possibility. And I know you know this. I know you know this specifically. Like the small victories, you don't need to over exaggerate them, but you need to realize that it's always practice. Everything is always practice in everything that we do. And eventually there might be this big moment. And because you practice so much, you're going to be so ready. So let's talk about investing in yourself. I mean, sometimes you need to pay for help when it's needed. I mean, I look back to 2012, there was nothing about podcasting. So I had to pay heavily in a podcast mentor to walk me step-by-step through the podcast. I couldn't follow the one crappy blog post that was out there, again, back in 2012. I had to invest in myself. That allowed me to not fall down rabbit holes or get burned out or just quit before I even got going because I invested in myself. So talk about investing in yourself and all of that jazz. Well, let me ask you real quick. Uh, it's so bad to ask a question, a follow a question with a question, but do you really think you would be at a million listeners per month if you didn't get your head out of your you know what in the beginning and hired that person? Not a chance. No way. So like here's the thing. YouTube content, all these things, all the free content there is out there is is great. Like it's fine, but it's also not tailored to you. Like I could watch a Peter McKinnon video right now and learn some things, but there's also some things that he probably expects me to know. So it's really, really difficult, especially if you're taking a leap of faith and you're an entrepreneur and you tasted uh, the ice cream that John can't have. And now you're <laughs> like, okay, cool. I'm going after this. You are going to, you know, everyone's always been in a job where it's like, it's a fire hose. I haven't learned anything. Well, entrepreneurship is the same way, you know, especially if you're choosing something that's not in your lane, it's a fire hose because you have so many different things to consider because now it's not only about having fun. It's about actually developing a business, a unique value proposition, monetizing, doing it well, getting the word out there and all these different things. Now, shortcuts can kill you. So there's so many bright, shiny objects. Like like what you mentioned in 2012 or whenever it was, you know, there, there wasn't anything per se, but now there's tons of it because sucking is good for business people. You know, like 
oh, Rich has no idea what he's doing. This is good for business. I can get him to do this. And let me tell you, um, some of the shortcuts that I paid for actually increased my debt when I was living with my in-laws where I was like, I'm going to crush debt because I went out. I got this. I got this camera thinking it would be better to just have a top of the line camera instead of using a little point and shoot to start vlogging. Uh, I got all these crazy audio devices that I could have probably just used my iPhone. And then I ended up selling a ton of that stuff back on eBay. eBay gets their chunk. And then I'm just like, damn, what the hell just happened? So here's the thing. There's a lot out there. But you really have to go for someone reputable like Fire Nation, like I'm talking to him right now. Like, of course, like I look at this and I look at any of the uh, services or the coaching and the, the many, many things that you offer. And I'm like, okay, this is valid. I've interviewed Pat Flynn before. Like that guy's ridiculous. I would absolutely invest. And it's not just because I know him or it's not just because I've heard of him. It's because I've actually had an interaction with him. Now, there's a lot of other people who may make promises to you and make you feel slightly good. Oh, John, you're going to hate this. It's the Snickers bar when you're in line food shopping. (laughs) It's it is uh, it is when you're right there and you're like, I'm hungry now. I'm going to just get the Snickers bar, which doesn't really satiate you, although they think it does. I'm like, I don't want to be hangry. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So so you get that, but that really doesn't solve the problem. What you actually need is a good fully loaded meal with your veggies and your protein and your mm. carbs or whatever. So, so yes, I am so sorry. And I'm not at the same time because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're a military dude, man. This is what we do. But um, yeah, man, like the, the bottom line, Fire Nation, is that there's so many options out there. You have to be very, very careful, um, not of people who are disingenuous, but you have to be very careful to make smart investments that tailor to exactly what you need to do. Now, are you going to be able to find someone who handles all these things for you? Maybe not, but you should make a value stream map or priority list and be like, okay, my marketing is absolute trash. I'm going to pay for marketing for the next however many months with this consultant and go from there. And then maybe I'll invest in equipment. Uh, But anyway, I mean, I I hope you all get the point. Uh, Paying for help is absolutely necessary in a lot of cases, but you could easily find yourself on the other end of things that you don't use that you're not actually interested in and not getting the value that you thought you were going to get. Fire Nation, valuable, valuable words coming at you from a guy who's going through this right now. And it's so key in my mind to extend your runway because so many entrepreneurs, they don't fail for a lot of the reasons we think they fail. They fail because they run out of time. If they could have had more time to do the thing they were doing, they would win on a certain level. Give yourself time. So Rich, give us one final takeaway that you really want to make sure that we get from this entire masterclass. Give us a final call to action and then we'll say goodbye. My wife always says, human beings are meant to be. Um, And she's going to be so happy that I mentioned her again. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, uh, human beings are meant to be. And and what I mean by that is just this kind of state of tranquility where you are content. And I'm going to be slightly dark right now. But I mean, I've I've lost a lot of friends, man. And, and, you know, I served with amazing people and they left people behind. And it's, it's, it, you know, it's really part of who I am. Um, But, but here's the thing is, you know, while you're here, you have to make it count. And I am now in a position that no title, no amount of money, no anything can replace that 
if something terrible happened to me today, that I know I was in a very good place. My relationship with my wife is healthy. My relationship with my daughter is very healthy when it was non-existent months ago. Um, I'm living in an apartment and not this enormous Texas house. I take my dog for walks and he's happy. I'm helping veterans every day. I'm helping CEOs brand themselves. I'm doing all these different things that I like to do. This is play for me. And because of that, I am on fire. I, 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 my confidence is at an all-time high. I love life. And there has not been a single day where I woke up and I'm like, I don't want to play today. Like not, like not once, not once since I've uh, undertaken this. So Fire Nation, like really, really, you have tons and tons of uh, these podcasts to listen to. Uh, but if there's anything I could really impart on you is that go after what you want. And I hate to say it so morbidly, but before it's too late, the biggest benefit out of this entire thing that you will never regret is if you undertake something that you're passionate about, you are going to find very quickly that you get to choose the people that you want to surround yourself with when in a normal environment, which would just you know, crush you over years. Um, that doesn't exist. I'm surrounded by people that want to help me, that I want to help, and that support me. And it's never, ever been better. That's what I got for you guys. Boom. Any final call to action? How Fire Nation can find you, learn more? Yes, please. Uh, richcardona.net, R-I-C-H-C-A-R-D-O-N-A.net. Uh, you could find out tons about me there and my YouTube channel as well. Uh, and on Instagram, I'm at Flybys Media. My last call to action, since you're so awesome for letting me, uh, is I am in a veterans in residence program that is uh, through WeWork and powered by Bunker Lab. So I, like John, I'm a veteran. Uh, I believe in doing one for me, one for them. One for me is what I do. One for them is something to help veterans. So it is an entrepreneur residency for six months. There's 150 of us across the nation. I am in the process of organizing a manner in which I can video and promote every single person that is a veteran in residence in 15 cities across the country. If you are interested in supporting an effort like this because it costs, please reach out to me at flybysmedia at gmail.com. 150 veterans are gonna explode and I would love for you to help me do it and to be part of it. Uh, and that's all I got to say. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with RC and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type rich in the search bar. The show notes page will pop up with everything we talked about today. It'll give the link uh, to his website, richcardona.net. And then one more time, what's that email? And go ahead and just spell it out, Rich. Sure. It's flybysmedia at gmail.com. F L Y. B-Y-S, media, M-E-D-I-A, at gmail.com. It's like a flyby, Fire Nation. Yes. Just remember I, that. I was, a, I was a pilot. Yeah, he <laughs> was a pilot. Just remember Top Gun when he did the flyby <laughs> and spilled the coffee all over the tower. That's what it is. Flybys with an S. So F-L-Y-B-Y-S, media, at gmail.com. Make it happen, Fire Nation. Support our veterans. And Rich, thank you for sharing your genius with Fire Nation today, brother. For that, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you. See ya. 
Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Rich Cardona. And if you're ready to accomplish that one big goal, well, the Freedom Journal is just waiting for you. It is your step-by-step guidance to accomplishing your number one goal in just 100 days. So visit thefreedomjournal.com. You can use promo code podcast for a nice little discount. And thank you for listening to the podcast. I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Visit capterra.com slash fire for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. Capterra.com slash fire. Capterra. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. Capterra. Software selection simplified.